Welcome to the Fern Podcast, As the Season Turns. Released on the first of the month, each episode will follow the changing landscape of the seasons, from the moon and the stars to the tides and the trees. I'm Leah Landers, author of The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide, and this podcast is a collaboration between myself and Fern, makers of small-batch organic perfume, who blend, barrel-age and bottle four fragrances a year released at the equinoxes and solstices. I love wearing fern in my quest to live in tune with the seasons. Applying the seasons perfume is a lovely little ritual that reminds me to use all of my senses. We hope that this brief guide to the month ahead will awaken you to the rhythms of the year and help you to settle deeper into the seasons. The Sunrise On the 1st of May, the sun rises at 5.27am in Inverness and at 5.55am in Padstow. And what a racket greets it as it peeps over the horizon. May is the peak of the dawn chorus, the great cacophony that arises from our forests, parks and street trees. No one knows exactly why birds do this, but we do know that female birds have a window of fertility that lasts a few days before and a few days after eggs are laid, and that male birdsong peaks at around the moment of greatest fertility in their mates and then tapers off. This suggests that the song could be playing all kinds of different roles. It could be to impress his mate, to ward off other males while she is fertile and to mark out territory and fend off any birds that might attack the newly laid eggs. It isn't all about volume, though that plays a part. Song complexity is used as a marker of the quality of male birds by female birds. Birds with a greater repertoire of songs tend to be those that were well-fed as youngsters and so have greater strength and immunity as adults. The more songs and variations they have developed, the more mature they are, and so greater complexity suggests an older male with more experience at raising chicks and greater status. And why dawn? Dawn is a time when, sadly, there will often have been bird deaths overnight, which means that there is territorial instability. Territories are up for grabs. There is also a quality to the air at dawn that makes sound carry further. Other environmental sounds are generally quieter, and cooler temperatures lead to less air turbulence than at any other time of day, which creates the perfect conditions for sound to travel. The result is one of the highlights of the natural year. It is magical. Set your alarm early one May morning, open your bedroom window, and listen. In the pond. The pond plants are at their lushest and freshest now and putting on a great burst of growth, quickly threatening to cover the pond. Many are in flower and buzzing with bees. Cuckoo flower, also known as lady's smock, is producing its pale pink flowers, as is water crowfoot, 
producing its white flowers just above the surface of the water, and the closely related and golden-coloured water buttercup. Look out for the magical transformation that occurs when a dragonfly nymph hauls itself out of the water. They often choose vertical reeds or the leaves of flag irises, and there the nymph will shed its final exoskeleton, having molted up to 17 times in the process of growing from egg to adult. At the moment that it climbs out of the top of the exoskeleton, it is the same drab brown as it has been all through its life. It will rest for one to three hours, allowing its body and wings to harden up, and will then take a maiden flight of a few metres. Over the following days and weeks, it will become stronger and take on its vibrant adult colouring, ready to mate. Tadpoles are beginning to resemble something close to tiny frogs now, while newt eggs are starting to hatch into larvae rather than tadpoles. They have gills and will live underwater for now, growing into newts over around 90 days. After mating, the older newts will leave the pond and head back to the territory they have established on land. The water now is alive with activity. Water beetles dive and hunt among the fern-like spiked water milfoil and fennel pondweed. Larvae wriggle and dart about below the surface, and water boatmen skate across the surface. To enjoy in the garden this month, ornamental. Bluebells, tulips, lilac, ornamental alliums, foxgloves, irises, hawthorn blossom, sweet woodruff, lily of the valley, apple blossom, cow parsley, elderflowers, blue alkanet, camassia, canterbury bells, sweet william, honesty, sweet rocket, Iceland poppies, dandelions and marigolds. And edible, asparagus, broad beans, gooseberries, peas, garlic, lettuces, spring onions, radishes, forced rhubarb, elderflowers, sorrel, watercress, chives and chive flowers, borage and chamomile. In the herbarium, the writer is contemplating a jug full of stars, white flowers on delicate stems, nodding in the breeze from the open window. She doodles, a fairy, sitting on a leaf, pale petals in her hair. May Stitchwort the name my mother taught me for this plant is Starwort. Cicely Mary Barker's book of the flower fairies was passed down to me from my aunts, and the poem for the Stitchwort fairy says, All my mass of starry faces, looking up from wayside places, from the thick and tangled grass, gives you greeting as you pass, which is exactly how this flower appears in May. Its profusion can match that of wild garlic, but its white star-like flowers are even prettier and more mobile, lighting up verges in constellations of eager, open faces. The suffix wort, as in stitchwort, was given to plants with beneficial properties, and sure enough, Gerard writes in his herbal that they are wont to drink it in wine with the powder of acorns against the pain in the side, stitches and such like. 
I recently helped a fellow forager process acorns into digestible form and can attest that a lot of work would have gone into this healing drink. The stitch in stitchwort might refer not to a side stitch, but instead allude to the plant's powers as a mender of fractures. Its Latin name is Stellaria holostea, the first part meaning star, and the latter part made up of the words holos and ostion, meaning whole and bone. But while you are patching yourself up with a handful of stitchwort, you should beware that picking it might provoke thunder and lightning. It is one of many such thunder plants in English folklore, along with white campion and field poppies. Thus, in Dorset, it went by the name Thunderbolts. A less terrifying snap, crackle and pop, come from its own seed heads when they ripen, though stitchwort without its flowers is so unassuming on a grassy path that its own tiny thunder might still come as a surprise. Delightfully, this reproductive strategy has given us names like pop guns, snappers and mother shimbles snick needles, a name that hints at an entire lost folktale. For such a gentle, diminutive flower, Stitchwort has a surprising number of regional associations with snakes and the devil, but its most mysterious connection is with the jack-o'-lantern or will-o'-the-wisp, that seductive, wickering light of marshy lands that leads the confused walker astray at dusk. The Latin name for our will-o'-the-wisp is ignis fatuus, meaning giddy flame. While I don't come across Stitchwort on my traipses across the Kent marshes, when I see those masses of starry flowers up on the higher lanes, I love to think of them giddy with joy, nodding along with our appreciation of spring. May's Island, Skoma. 51.74 degrees north. 5.3 degrees west, one kilometre west of Pembrokeshire, Wales. Permanent population, zero. Each May, Skoma's green cliffs turn blue and white and pink, or so it seems from the mainland or from the water. Here, bluebells, sea thrift and campion bloom in incredible profusion, a carpet of colour unlike anything else seen in Britain. Bluebells are a familiar sight in woodland, but on Skoma they grow in the open air, the echo of a forest long lost to agricultural clearance, grazing livestock and rabbits who found saplings far tastier than bluebells. The fronds of bracken that have replaced the broad leaves of Skoma's fallen trees now play the tree's part of shutting out the light. The bluebells, then, are quick and dazzling, blooming briefly before the bracken closes in above. Among the delicate shapes of the bluebells, a comical little bird appears. Black back, white front, and a brightly coloured bill in which he carries a mouthful of silver. He strides with purpose towards his burrow, one of many thousands that honeycomb the island. He is part of the largest colony of Atlantic puffins in the southern UK. And by mid-May, their numbers will be growing by the hour, as impossible fluffy pufflings hatch underground. Though puffins elsewhere are in decline, here their numbers are growing. 
largely thanks to conservation efforts that have seen Skoma and its surrounding waters designated a National Nature and Marine Reserve, a site of special scientific interest and a special protection area. The puffins are not alone. Skoma's breeding population of Manx shearwaters is the largest in the world, at around 350,000 pairs, and is also growing. Shearwaters also breed in burrows, returning to the same one year after year. Young birds, having spent their first five summers at sea, often come to land within metres of where they were hatched. Like puffins, they are black on top and white beneath, perfect camouflage for ocean-going birds. But they are ungainly on land and enter and exit their burrows only in twilight, when they are less vulnerable to the black-backed gulls that menace their time on the island. Also slipping between the flowers is the Skoma vole, a subspecies endemic to the island. By summer it is thought that 20,000 of these little creatures will be roaming beneath the bracken forest, providing food for the short-eared owls that live in the island's valleys. You may wish to pause the podcast here for a moment while you find somewhere warm and quiet to close your eyes, sit back and settle down just for a minute into this month's Found Sound. This one is a little special as it was recorded overnight in the National Forest on the border between Leicestershire and Derbyshire, the site of Timber Festival, sponsors of this episode. For May's found sound, I travelled to the National Forest in the East Midlands to record the sounds from dusk to dawn. We began by lighting a fire. At first, trying to use the fire by friction technique, which dates back millennia. However, when our bow snapped, we resorted to more modern methods, the humble lighter. The fire kept us warm as night began to fall, and in the distance we were greeted by the hoot of a tawny owl. As the sky began to lighten in the east, we rose with the dawn chorus, listening to the spring-like songs and calls of robins, chiff-chaffs, and even a rooster. Preparing Baby Artichokes 
When artichokes are tiny and tender as they are this month, much of the fuss of preparing them is avoided, as they have not yet developed the choke that needs to be removed when they grow larger. To prepare your baby artichokes, you will need a bowl of water with the juice of half a lemon squeezed into it, a serrated knife and a sharp paring knife. Scrub the outside of the artichokes first under running water. Shorten the stem to about two and a half centimetres and use the serrated knife to slice off the top third of stiff, spiky, dark green petals. Peel away a couple of layers of hard green outer petals until the soft and paler green and yellow ones beneath are revealed. And then pare away any rough leftover pieces and the skin from the stem. Slice the artichoke in half lengthways and drop into the lemon water to prevent browning. When you have prepared a few, drop them into boiling water and boil for around 10 minutes or until you can easily pierce the base of the artichoke with a toothpick or knife. Incorporate them into a pasta dish or eat them in a salad with best olive oil, wedges of lemon and salt. May's perfume ingredient. This month, in Fern's Somerset studio, the team is beginning to prepare for the launch of Summer 23, as signs of summer begin to light up the lanes. But even as the first bottles of the new fragrance are being decanted, there's still time for immersion in the spring fragrance, which contains a very special ingredient. Known as Royal Jasmine, Jasmine Grandiflorum is one of the most sought-after of ingredients in fine perfumery. Fern knows Elodie Durand, notes its mild, fruity sweetness, likening it to apricot jam. To make a kilogram of the absolute takes eight million flowers. In their native India, these delicate night-flowering blooms are hand-picked at dawn between June and September in the Himalayas, where the flowers are sacred. The first harvest is offered to the gods, the second is plaited into hair and used to decorate the home. Only the third may be used to make the absolute used in fragrance. To avoid any damage to this culture, and to reduce air miles, Fern sources its Jasmine Grandiflorum from Spain, near Seville. The Sunset May twilights are folkloric for a reason. Long, slow and beginning at last to be warm. They sparkle with a touch of dew on the lush green plants which fade to night sky blues in the gloaming. Birds and insects flit about, active and alert. Flowers bloom in the still air. You can almost believe that fairies might be out too slipping between blades of grass and perched on the roots of trees. The best place to be in a Maytime twilight is along the edges of old, overgrown hedges or tangled shrubland or old coppiced wood. Here, if you choose your spot well, you may hear one of the most heart-stopping songs of the spring. This beautiful sunset sound is growing ever more rare. Nightingales, who arrive back in Britain from their African summer around April, are in the grip of a sharp decline. 
We have lost over 90% in Britain since 1970, and much of this loss can be attributed to changes in the way we manage our landscapes. We hate mess. Modern landscapes are defined by the sterile neatness of monoculture lawns and tidy verges, non-native species planted in straight lines, trees standing clear of undergrowth. But it's the messy, overgrown places that wild things love. And this is particularly true of nightingales. Over the past 20 years, the NEP Rewilding Project has managed their land in a nature-led way to create a biodiverse and varied landscape. This work has seen astonishing results, and one of their greatest success stories is the nightingale. Ten years into the project, nearly 30 new nightingale territories were discovered at NEP. Now there are over 40. The NEP nightingales love the estate's deep, overgrown hedges made up of mixed native species, particularly the protective branches of blackthorn. NEP's surprise success has taught us that if we can learn to love scrub and mess and overgrown things once more, if we can surrender control back to nature just a little, nightingales might once more sing across our land the beloved soundtrack to May evenings. And it could happen much quicker than we think. May's full moon is known as the Mother's Moon, or Bright Moon. It falls on the 5th of May at 6.34pm. The full moon rises near sunset, opposite the sun, so in the east as the sun sets in the west. The last quarter moon falls on the 12th of May at 3.28pm. The last quarter rises around midnight and is at its highest point as the sun rises. The new moon falls on the 19th of May at 4.53pm. The new moon rises at sunrise in the same part of the sky as the sun and so cannot be seen. The first quarter moon is on the 27th of May at 4.22pm. The first quarter moon rises near noon and is at its highest point as the sun sets. The pub garden is filled with fairy lights, the hum of laughing people and playing children up past their bedtime. A sudden quiet as people begin to shush one another, hearing the first notes of a song. This song is called Odeuch de Limuinion, which means Come You Fair Family. And it is a, a May Day carol or a, a, a wassailing song. Um, so there would be two, you know, people inside the house and people outside the house, people outside singing, trying to gain entry, and the people inside singing, saying, no, you can't come in, until eventually they do let them in, and there's lots of merrymaking. Uh, and these verses were written for that use by a man called Hugh Morris, who uh, was born in the year 1622. Um, so, yeah, come, you fair family. O deiwch deili mwynion Ar gonest ferched gwynion Fedd ar fyr dyddiablinion Cawn dirion hynon haf 
Dal clamai teken vlotai, pop di da teinitoniai, hag yechitir duivronai, shebi kalonai klam. Hakoru hundri karo, erav nai tatsarinyok. Matailar koitid perikok, har hailar uritogures, i partir bichot prithion, amisk priachia meichion, taurtida te ganchekion, bendition Gurakar vidikruiz, arbrik danin kartikruiz, poidichivluiz in tetuiz, hathawel tuilta. Guanwin ach pentithio, eichci ach taluith endo, che causom parchach Kin hennon kani Thank you for listening to this month's episode. Please do like and subscribe. All episodes are released on the first of each month. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will also enjoy my book. The Almanac, A Seasonal Guide to 2023, which this year is themed around the zodiac and solar system. It is also available as an audiobook, read by me, Leah Lehndertz. As the Season Turns is produced by Jeff Bird and researched by Catriona Bolt. In addition to my own contributions, Zoe Gilbert, author of Mischief Acts, wrote and read The Herbarium, the folk song was played by Welsh musician Willem Bowen Rees, who also provided music for the intro. Alice Boyd is the sound recordist and designer who is travelling the UK through the year to make field recordings for each month's Found Sounds. This month's Found Sound was facilitated by Timber Festival. Timber is an incredible weekend festival where you are invited to fall under nature's spell in the beautiful National Forest an annual gathering of artists, musicians and writers, where participants are invited to rethink their relationship with trees and the natural world. This year's festival takes place from the 7th to the 8th of July in the National Forest, Leicestershire. Alice Boyd will perform her new EP on the Saturday afternoon and will be leading a workshop in sound recording presented by Fern. Tickets are available at timberfestival.org.uk This podcast has been created by Fern. Fern is an organic fragrance maker based in Somerset. Working with the rhythms of the seasons, they blend, barrel age and bottle four fragrances a year. Each fragrance is made to order for the names on the Fern production ledger. To join the ledger and find out more, visit www.fern.co or visit the link in the podcast description.